0: Hi, I'm Elia Einhorn. Welcome to the TalkHouse Music Podcast. Here at the TalkHouse, we pair notable musicians for thoughtful, unmoderated conversations and release new talks each week. Regular listeners will have caught recent episodes like Questlove in conversation with Slater Kinney and Portlandia's Carrie Brownstein, or Jarobi White from A Tribe Called Quest talking with producer Starita about the late great Fife dog. Check out these and all of our past episodes and subscribe to get new ones on Stitcher or iTunes. Today's guests are Ladybug Mecca of Diggable Planets and Brookzill and Xenia Rubinos. I first heard Xenia Rubinos' amazing music when my friend and TalkHouse music podcast contributor Ian Williams of Battles invited me to his band's Webster Hall show. He'd handpicked the opener and it was a fitting co-sign. Xenia and her ace band splashed together prog rock, jazz, pop, indie rock, Latin and hip hop with no regard for genre, just their own creative vision. As she said, I think my signature sound is a collage of different musics coming together on a visceral level, connecting the dots with my voice and imagination. Rubino studied singing at the prestigious Berklee College of Music in Boston, and her voice is a weapon she wields to devastating effect, whether singing in English or Spanish. Last year's Black Terry Cat, her second LP, was a critical success that explored themes of race, class, and femininity, all while being a great party record. Marianne Vieira, better known as Ladybug Mecca, co-founded the massively influential, Grammy-winning hip-hop outfit Diggable Planets. In the mid-90s, the group released two genre-defining LPs of jazz-inflected conscious rhymes, 1993's Reachin', a new refutation of time and space, and 1994's Blowout Cone, and their track Rebirth of Slick, Cool Like That, became a massive hit. Mecca went on to release a solo joint in 2005 and has guested with artists like Kool-Aid-D and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Last year, Diggable Planets embarked on a successful reunion tour. Along with legendary hip-hop producer Prince Paul, Don Newkirk, and Brazilian MC Gorilla Urbano, Mecca formed the hip-hop Brazilian music mashup group Brookzil. That project's 2016 debut LP, Throwback to the Future, saw Mecca, who's of Brazilian descent, rapping in both Portuguese and English. Xenia glowingly reviewed the Brookzil record for the Talkhouse, calling it a bilingual sound system banger from start to finish. When we heard that Mecca also loves Rubinos' work, but that they'd never met, we thought a TalkHouse chat would be the perfect occasion. The two came by my studio late last month to mutually fan out and discuss how travel triggers creativity, being the only women in their touring parties, singing to their dying parents, the inherent difficulties of collaborating, their early audiences not reflecting themselves, and so much more. Check it out.
1: Hi. (laughs) Hi. It's it's so amazing to finally meet you in person. I'm a huge fan. Likewise,
2: likewise. I was
1: listening to uh, both your solo. Uh, record um, the trip. The light, fantastic. The light fanta- yeah, yeah, I was trip. The light, fantastic. I was listening to that record a lot while I was making this last record, and then also blowout comb. Really? Yeah, wow. blowout comb wow. was like I. I walked in the studio one day, and our engineer Jeremy Lucas was playing blowout comb, and I'd never heard it. And I was like, "What is this? What's going on?" He's like, "Oh, you don't yeah. know this," and then that's that just like triggered this whole other thing. So cool. Yeah. It's wow. A, that's
2: that's wow. That's so all I can say is, yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I I follow you on Instagram and I see little snippets of your live shows and I've heard your album and I'm just blown away. So, wow. Like, it's an honor oh. that if it inspired you in any kind of way, that's pretty Oh my cool. gosh. So much. Cool.
1: So, so much. Yeah. So much. Um, I was going to ask you about just how you got into this whole music thing to begin with. Like, how you got mixed up in all this, all this stuff, because you've done so, so much. You've had such an uh, amazing career from being a lyricist, a vocalist, singer, a writer, DJing too. Awesome.
0: So many, so awesome. many
1: things. Performing, touring, recording. How did you, how did you first get mixed up in all this?
2: Well, first and foremost, um, at home. I mean, music was a huge a huge part of life, you know, being Brazilian, like that's such a strong part of our culture. Um, and my mother, she sang around like the DC circuit, and uh, like the Brazilian community at different clubs and stuff and contests. I, I'm wait I was way too young to remember, but I but I've seen photos and you know, she would sing around the house and my father play like acoustic guitar and keys and you know, so it was a huge part of life. So I, you know, instantly gravitated towards it. And growing up, I would, you know, sit at my father's keys and just figure out how to play, like, songs that I knew, like, by myself, you know. Um, And, uh, you know, that was, like, a a daily thing for me. Um, And then, you know, grew up just obviously a huge fan of of all kinds of music. And in, like, my later two years of high school I found myself traveling to like Philly and um we actually I grew up in the DC Maryland area but like my 11th and 12th grade year we moved pretty far from um from the area so I would take like the bus down to DC to music conferences and just meet people and eventually I met like Knowledge and um and Ish and Philly um and secretly, like, no one really knew, but I was writing, like, my observations is what I called it of, like, life since I was young and kept it in, like, a bag, tucked away somewhere. And um, after, like, kicking it with them and discussing music and hip-hop in particular um, for, like, a couple weeks in Philly, we um, we all just sat down to, like, write. And um, from there, it was, you know, we did a demo and then living in New York City, signed a deal, made the record, and it just kind of blew up from there, like, pretty quickly. <laughs> That's
1: incredible. So these kind of like these journals or mm. this, these books that you would have of your observation mm. so that you just kept on the, on the low, did that mm. kind of inform some of the first um, flows and writing, your writing? Mm.
2: Um. I I didn't directly like reference those mm-hmm. but um you know those observations are who I am and how I see the world so yeah I guess and you know it did by that you know
1: did you did you, you ever way. get to go back and kind of rediscover some of those things or were no, did you kind of just let, let them go
2: no like I in my <laughs> travels you know I was young I was like yeah. 18 19 <laughs> in my travels I lost a lot of shit along the shit I wish I had like now yeah. but yeah I, I don't have any of that stuff
1: do you still journal
2: yeah yeah I do
1: I love it but I'm really bad at keeping like that discipline of doing it all the yeah. time but when I I'm don't do it
2: I, I'm not disciplined at all
1: me neither and but when I don't do it I'm like and then I I journal after a yeah. long time. I'm like, why did, why did I stop doing this? Right,
2: right. Because that feeling you get, like it's so wonderful and magical yeah. um, when you just connect with that thread and that stream, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's like, um, I was going to say scary, but it's not really scary, but it's powerful, you know, so mm-hmm. it can be a little intimidating. But I've gone through like different phases of, you know, waking up in the morning and just free writing without thinking about anything and you're doing that for a while or but I'm definitely not disciplined Mm. like you um what I find um I'm really inspired by is like when I get in my car and drive like movement Mm. and um travel and um I'll get in my car and drive and just whatever I'm always in my head I'm very like always in my head so Mm. um Something will come across and I'll pull over wherever and just write, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's kind of like a regular practice for me.
1: Why do you think that is about, what do you think that is about travel that helps us? Cause that happens to me too. Like Mm. help, it kind of unblocks my, yeah, I
2: think, yeah, uh, my,
1: where I'm at, but I don't really know why that is. Um, What do you think?
2: For me, I think I can overthink a lot. Like if I'm in the writing process and if if I get stuck, I tend to overthink. So I try to break that Mm -hmm. by going, you know, just doing something else. But even if I'm not working on something, though, Mm -hmm. just moving around. I mean, I'm inspired by my environment. I'm inspired Mm -hmm. by like little fine details of like a tree or a bush or whatever, you know, and like all that stuff Mm kind of inspires me. I don't know. I can't. That's the best way I can explain it.
1: Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel you. You've done a lot of touring throughout the years, too, and traveling, moving around a lot. Um, I find that in my travels, I'm often surrounded by a lot of dudes, and I'm usually the only woman. Mm -hmm. And I actually never realized that that was a thing, Mm -hmm. even until, like, a couple months went by. And I started, like, someone was asking me to, like, sign records, and I started drawing, like, vaginas on people's records. And I'm like, why am I doing that? That's so weird. (laughs) And then I realized, and I started... I was only listening to, like, Erica Badu, like, every day. Okay. And I'm like, what's going on with me? Like, yeah. and I realized I needed to actually see another woman, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I would see at shows and stuff sometimes. But I was surrounded by men all the time. How do you yeah. keep—what's what, your experience been been? A, like, Yeah, And how do you mm-hmm. keep—do you have ways that you—even just in traveling, like, that you try to keep your center or, like, keep a balance for yourself?
2: Yeah. Um, I can't say that. I mean, I, I too— have always been like the only woman Yeah, (laughs) Um, back in the day. But I, I, I was like a tomboy growing up. So like, it's not really like a noticeable, it's not uncomfortable. It's Mm -hmm. not like a problem, but I do find myself like alone a lot. Like, Mm. you know, the guys will go and do whatever. And then I, and which I'm very comfortable being alone, but it does get a little lonely if you're out on the road for like (laughs) six weeks or something. Um, but I don't, you know, like I said, I don't feel uncomfortable in that situation at all. Um, I like to explore, like whatever town I'm in. If I have time, you know, get up early enough to just explore, and that, and that's kind of what I what I do to be able to enjoy myself because I am alone a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What in music? So you have so many roles, like, you know. You're a lyricist. You're a vocalist. You write. You DJ. You're a recording artist. You tour. You perform. What if do you have a favorite of those spheres that you work in? Do you like?
2: Yeah, I can't say that I particularly love one that much more mm-hmm. than um, the other. I think I love them all for different reasons. Um, but I, if I had to pick one, I would say like the creative process, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just being like in tune with myself and what I'm feeling and being able to find the words, you know, in a, in a cool way to, um, express that, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, when you, you kind of, well, I at least feel like I know when I write something really dope and it's exciting, you know? Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe that. Yeah. yeah. that's cool. <laughs> I'm kind of shy. So like performing is cool. <laughs> I don't, I don't hate it.
1: I like it a lot. But like... (laughs) I don't hate it. I like it a lot. But I'm shy. That's like so so many contradictory statements. But I actually completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I get it. All right. I totally get it. Yeah. It's like I actually forget how much I like it. Mm. Until then I'm doing it. I don't know if that happens to you. like, And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I actually like doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff around it that I don't
2: like. I think finding, like, you know, just kind of balancing it all out, you know, kind of just makes it um, bearable, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel that. So tell me, um, I want to know.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, I'm just going to keep asking I you everything. <laughs> no,
2: I want to I know, I want to know, um, how. you know, like, how did you get? Called to making music or pulled into making music.
1: Um, it was kind of similar to your, what you described, in except that my family was not playing instruments and they were not musicians. But um, but there was always music in my household, and um, my dad was Cuban, my mom's Puerto Rican, and um, just music is a part of every day and like every family function, and that's just you know there's mm-hmm. always music. Yeah, and um, my father was. Was really a huge classical music fan, and okay. he, the moment that he saw I had any interest at all, was just like, "Oh, she's going to be a concert pianist, or she's going to be an opera singer." Or so he got really excited and thought Aww. that. But I just wanted to listen to Mariah Carey, and Pops. Like, yeah, I was like, I'm not really <laughs> down with this thing. How does he feel about uh, your career now? Um, well, my dad passed away just right before I released this album, actually. Oh. Um, so he didn't get to see some of the some of the recent thank you, some of the recent stuff. Um, I don't think you know for my dad like modern music was like Stravinsky or something so my so I don't when he heard my music he was like I don't know what's going yeah, on like I he was he yeah. was very sensitive uh-huh. to sound though because he was listening to classical music so he was really sensitive to listening to like textures mm. and, um, and things um, so he would always give like really perceptive feedback about like some textural things that were happening in the music okay. but I think it sounded like kind of rough to him, you know, mm, and abstract, mm-hmm. like, some of the stuff that that I was getting into. But he would say, like, oh, you have a sweet voice or whatever. But I would always be really embarrassed to sing in front of him or to sing to him. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe because I don't know. He's such, like, a discerning <laughs> music fan and I just always felt like, um, you know, he when I was a kid, he would say, like, oh, you don't have enough, you don't have the discipline to be to be a musician because he would be also thinking about, in some ways, I I guess that's the question of my life is like, is he right? Like, <laughs> right. maybe he's right, you know? Okay. Um, but also he was thinking about it in this like, you know, becoming part of an orchestra or, be, you know, part of a, a touring opera company or right. like you know, being the most prolific snare player in your entire city or something like that in a really old school way. Uh So when he's looking at me and I'm like 12 or whatever and I'm into Mariah Carey and I'm like trying to learn how to play music, like learn how to read music for the first time, he's like, "Uh uh-uh. So I think maybe that kind of made me a little nervous about singing in front of him. But in his last days, I sang to him every day. Really, every single day. I
2: did that. My mom, my both both my parents passed away, and during a, like the making of Blow Up, my mother was sick and passed away. But I would do oh. the exact same thing. I would, mm. I would take her out into the sun, and we would sit in in, in the sun, and I would just sing to her every day. Wow. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now you play several instruments, right? Well, my voice is my primary instrument okay um but I get okay get by okay on the keyboards okay and um and I started playing bass on this record I played yeah I played bass on a on a bunch of it and wrote it wrote a lot of the songs on bass um but uh but yeah I I don't consider myself to be like a bass player or a keyboardist okay my mastery is my voice I think
2: Mm, okay (laughs) what is your like writing process like
1: Um, it's usually just improvisation based. I usually just start by either vocalizing or playing on an instrument and then try to listen to what's happening. Like I just let, I just go and then I, then I start to listen Mm -hmm. and then, um, usually there's some kind of a pattern or something that starts to happen and then I notice it and I repeat it until I find out more about it. Yeah. And then I'll try to figure out what, what's happening next. So that's kind of usually my process, and a lot of times it involves having no words at all. Like mm-hmm. words are usually the last thing,
2: yeah,
1: um, that come for me.
2: Okay,
1: um, and it's really challenging. I on this last record, I tried to do the opposite. I tried to start with words first, and that was like so challenging for me. Um, it How was really. Fun. Did you get with that? I mean, well, I wrote a couple songs like that. Okay, um, like I wrote Mexican Chef is a song on my last record that I wrote. It was the first time I ever wrote lyrics first. Okay. For something, but that was so frightening because. Well, that one I fooled myself because I was like, "This is just. I'm this is a story. I'm going to throw it away. Like no one's going to ever hear this." Okay. So I got. I, if I fool myself into uh-huh. thinking like I'm not doing, it's not, right. it's not a big deal. Right. Then that's easier for me. Okay. But um, yeah, and I was just listening. to I mean, I was listening to you. I was listening to um, Kendrick, and listening to to people who I consider to be wordsmiths, and and mm. um, you know, trying to find some of that inspiration Hmm, from y'all okay okay yeah it's not easy how about you what's your process like
2: oh man a a lot of what what you said like I you know I could be just doing random things around the house like doing dishes or something and uh, my kids think I'm crazy but (laughs) I you know like I I don't know I'm just I I do the same kind of thing like just starting off with sounds, noises, you know, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a rhythm, um, a beat, and just sometimes, I, you know, it's just, it's just me, so I, like, do it and it doesn't turn into anything, or sometimes, like, I, I develop it further, like you said, and find lyrics. Sometimes mm-hmm. I write lyrics first. Sometimes I, like, if I collaborate with other people, I get a beat, and whatever the emotion or the mood of that, you know, beat is you know it, it will really dictate like what I write mm-hmm. um and uh also like the you know the cadence uh, the the rhythms uh, just different things I don't know I can't really explain mm-hmm. it but like different things will just inspire me you know you know to to write um But I definitely have to feel it. I mean, there's been people that ask to like collaborate with me. And if I don't feel it, you know, like I can't force it. You know, something I definitely Mm -hmm. can't do is is force.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask you about collaboration, actually, because it's something I'm really curious about, but I haven't done much of. I'm very new to that. did you just
2: collaborate with King like recently? Well, yeah. Oh, King Britt is amazing. I want to.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, you know, they ask you like, who's your like dream collaborations? And then I just like make a list of people that I wish, you Um. know. Um and he's he's on there you're on there okay. and oh. um yeah I we went do down that. to Philly yeah I got to do it um uh, <laughs> went down to Philly and I um just had a session with King and, and he's a friend and okay. you know we're exploring in music but hopefully nice. I'll get to go down again soon okay meet up with him um but yeah I'm really curious about collaboration because I uh, tend to spend a lot of time alone writing music, and I've always I always yeah. think about it primarily as a really solitary process. Yeah,
2: exactly. And like so, I can't write like mm, with the group of people. Like yeah, like just the and I know of it do really that. scares me. Yeah, yeah, people do that, and I'm just like,
1: how y'all banging this stuff out? Like, I what was is just that? thinking
2: about that lately. Like I was going to research like how do people write in a group? Like yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Like I I like it frightens me. Like I can't. Mm. It is a very personal. Because I like even when I'm at home and I'm writing, like I cannot be distracted Mm -hmm. by anyone, like or anything, and like I could get mad if like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. Like, um, especially like when you're like in that zone, Uh you know. So yeah, it is a very like personal thing for me, but like, and I I mean, everyone's different, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm.
1: So have what have. I don't know what's your experience been in collaboration. I know well you you reference like someone sending you a beat or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um for me it's it's a little scary because I think a lot of times I have this vision of what I like this goal or like this thing that I have in my mind that I want to accomplish mm-hmm. and then it's tricky to um Translate whatever that is that you that you have in your mind to other people to right. to, to accomplish, right. and other times, even if you want to work with someone, you're projecting this self of them that you think that they are, but they're not mm-hmm. that thing, right? right. So right. you might think, oh, I want to call this person, or this has happened to me, or someone calls me into the studio to do a thing. Mm-hmm and then i see how they see me cuz they they're expecting this very specific and i'm like oh that's what you think i do okay cool yeah.
2: right i've had that experience <laughs> like some like people like all over the globe will, i want to work with you and you yeah. you know and uh and they'll give me like a jazz hip hop beat like but yeah like that's not all i do yeah. you know but like and it, i like get tired of it mm-hmm. you know and i turn things down like mm. mm-hmm. you know like I don't, i'm 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 not stuck like in the 90s you know Mm -hmm. i'm not stuck in like region you know like i'm (laughs) like i don't know like i'm
1: somewhere else you're on your own thing yeah okay so i'm not the only one that feels Mm. that way Okay. no no, (laughs) no. that's so tricky
2: but yeah and then you can't Hmm. control you know the situation like when you when you go into collaborate with people like you It's scary, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and you, but it's also like a beautiful thing. Like, I mean, I've been in sessions, like hear the music, like even back in like, say, blowout home days, I was traveling a lot back and forth to Maryland, um, Mm -hmm. as my mother was transitioning. And so I would, you know, come to the studio, um, I would get like whatever song we were working on, like on a cassette. or a CD and like put it in and like go into the stairwell of the studio and just write like my verse right there you know like I can't be like in the room with like people Now I've been able to be like one on one with certain people you Mm -hmm. know and like write but it's still like we're not writing together. We're not like sharing words. Like I'm kind of like, okay, this is what I have, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I love it, you know. Yeah. But I can't, I don't know if I can do that with everyone. It's like a I don't know, scary thing for me. Totally,
1: yeah. Yeah, I find that that to be true as well. Like I really need my own yeah. personal space. Yeah. And it's like, I think it must be some other skill. People who can just kind of bang out these ideas in front of each other, you know, just right. like...
2: I'm like, like that's really cool though yeah. to me. It's like pretty it is cool. cool. Like, I wonder if I'm
1: like missing out on like. I wonder that too. You know? Yeah. Maybe we're not though. <laughs> Maybe it's just not for. I don't know. It could yeah. just. the grass be always looks greener on the other side. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I was curious how you. Um, I I I really admire. I admire your aesthetic, or what I perceive to be some of your aesthetic that I've heard in your music, in terms of like. Um, bringing different kinds of music together. I think I identify with um, with having an ear for many different kinds of musics and not being so uh, preoccupied about style um, or genre or culture or right. ethnicity or where things are coming from. Right. I really identify with that. And I wonder, um, you know, right now... It, feels to be a time at least in this country for me where everyone is celebrating their differences and calling out like where they're from or who they like what their cultural identity is which is really cool but there's also this like flip side of that where it's feeling very divisive or okay. divisive okay. like it's really awesome that we're all like I'm a woman I'm you know transgender right. I'm Puerto Rican right. um, like, and like pride and, and that's awesome but on the flip side it kind of feels like there's more divisions than ever and sometimes I like mm-hmm. to wonder how like this musical aesthetic of bringing in all these different things and seeing the commonality in all of them like mm. how could I don't know could that inf- help us inform the way we engage with with people culturally is that, could that be the same thing or is it just is it totally I mean, different I, I
2: like okay I I view things a little different. Like I feel like okay, yes, we're in a moment where everyone is, you know, celebrating like who they are, but I really feel like um like a lot of people are actually joined together mm. in their differences. I don't feel like among that all of that, I don't feel a separation. There mm. is a separ- there is a clear clear separation between mm-hmm. like certain groups in the country, but uh-huh. um I feel like we're all kind of, you know, we're all at the same time just, like, practicing, like, self-love and, mm. you know, affirming that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't feel
1: the, di- the divide like that. Mm. That's good. That's a good perspective. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a concern and maybe it's not a reality. Or maybe an experience I'm like, thing. Or maybe I mean, I don't experience. know what, yeah.
2: what informed, yeah. you know, this for you.
1: Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I feel like sometimes that— um, in the show culture, which is where I spend a lot of my time recently, of like touring and being around, um, this is—I'm actually working on an article. I'm researching for the Talk House, and it might—it's may, maybe going to be called like "Why is your audience so white or like and male?" Maybe, okay, like maybe that's what it's going to be called. But it's basically about the many experience that I've had, either going to a show or performing at a show, and um, feeling like a lack of. Diversity and feeling this kind of clickiness, or these very delineated spaces that people move in, and people are calling people out for. Um, it's a thought that's in process. I'm a little bit unorganized about how no, fine, I'm presenting it, but uh, I, it kind
2: of reminds me of like when we were first coming up and what our crowds were
1: like. I'm really curious about that. Actually, I went. I was you know, wondering,
2: but now it's not like that anymore, and I think because of time and. You know, like now our crowds are very diverse.
1: Mm.
2: You know, age, gender. Mm. Yeah.
1: Hmm. So you so do you feel like they were less diverse when you were first starting, starting out. out? Yep. What, what was the audience like? What was it like? What was it um, mean?
2: Mostly, you know, white. Young and white. Mm-hmm. Um, And actually, I just remembered... Um. There was um, a moment in time where we realized that we actually were not being routed to certain areas and we had a big problem with that. Oh, yeah, it just reminded me of that. Um, and that was kind of like a, a fight. Um, why,
1: like, physically route, like, not, yeah, like, physically not, going to play in certain places, right, right? Why, why do you think that is?
2: Mm could be that's just where our market was mm-hmm. you know you know that i mean that that's that's, that's probably why mm-hmm. you know, that was our demographic that mm-hmm. was our our market you know when we hit places like north carolina you know then it was it was a little different but for the most part it, mm-hmm. it wasn't
1: you know? why do you think that uh your your audience was most predominantly white young folks at the very at the beginning at the outset
2: um Access, I think, to music,
1: mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. for,
2: for, for them yeah. was easier. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe
2: the marketing. Mm-hmm. I was really young, so I yeah. don't, you know, it could, I, I'm not exactly 100% sure why. Yeah. You know.
1: But you feel that that's changed now. You're, you feel that your audience is. Di- yeah, I mean, so far, we've only, in our
2: reunion, we've right. only toured, you know, mm-hmm. so, but yeah, I definitely, it's definitely mm-hmm. diverse, mm-hmm. a lot more diverse than it was.
1: Do you think that uh, music audiences might be starting to be a bit more diverse because maybe people have more access than they did? that makes sense before that makes sense? Definitely. Could be, right yeah yeah It's a complicated question, but yeah. I, it's something that I often ask myself because okay. um, I went to see who was it. I went to New blue last year and I saw this amazing drummer Dantony Parks, and he was playing with a, a bus driver okay um and uh, they're both black, and the audience was all white. I was maybe like one of two people of color in the in that club. Okay, and I was like, hmm, why is this today? Like, why? And what did you conclude? Or I did you? I don't know. I then okay. that's when I was like, maybe I should research and try to find out. I don't know what the answer is. And I was like, well, the beer here is like nine dollars. Maybe that's a thing, like, <laughs>
2: like, and or, I don't know much don't about know. New Blue, but I mean, what is their crowd typically like? Is well, it I, don't that's I don't know.
1: That's a new space. Okay, um, but you know, they're, I historically, I see them as a space for diverse okay. audiences to come together and listen to all kinds of music. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know. But I also think of New York City as one of the most diverse yeah. places yep. in yep. the United yep. States that I can think of. So when that happens, and it happens quite frequently to me, that I go to a show and the audience doesn't look like what the performers look like. Not that they should, but that the audience also doesn't even look like what New York looks like. Hmm. Um, I just ask myself, is it because there aren't the music fans? Is it because they don't have access to the show? Is it Um, an economic thing? Mm -hmm. Is it marketing? Is it like wherever this was advertised was not a place where there's a diverse group of people that are reading it? I mean,
2: they're probably not. I don't know.
1: I have no idea. Going to the
2: projects and handing out flyers for New Blue? (laughs) 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 Doubt it. Yeah. But, you know, in the internet age, I mean, an educated consumer can find, like if they love Bus Driver, I'm sure they can find, find. maybe, does he have a huge audience in New York? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So
1: many factors. I know he's
2: dope. Yeah, that's what I know. Yeah, it's yeah, it
1: dope. <laughs> yeah, just something I wonder, curious about. That's good questions. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you working on, or what, oh. what? do you? What would you like to be working on <clears throat> coming up? Well,
2: right now um, I'm working on. Well, I, ha- I have a group called Brooksville, along with four other members: Prince Paul, uh, Rodrigo Brandão, and Don Newkirk. Um, so we're starting to just kind of listen for samples. just kind really listen for samples and decide like how we actually want to. Do we want samples or do we? We're, we're even considering like sampling from like our friends' music or maybe just having them like replay it and you know mm-hmm. just trying to get away from having to pay for samples, <laughs> mm-hmm. but also be have more like control of of the music. But so that working on that. Um, Diggable we're about to tour a a little bit more this year um, and we're figuring out um, where and how to start like working on a new record Um, we're pretty interested in like we were talking about like destination (laughs) like studio you know studios and like going somewhere for like a month you know like yeah so that really we're we're, we're definitely leaning towards that so um, that will take place this year for sure
1: that's you know, so also yeah. exciting for me to hear.
2: It's exciting for me I too. Loved, for I loved I loved the us. new Brooksville
1: yeah. album that came out. Cool. Love it. Love the I loved learning about the like, supergroup and what all of y'all came I that's what I call it anyway. <laughs> and like I love loved like, like, like hearing <laughs> I I think it's also it's like super superhero Shiro groups of oh, people that come together. Right, well, Musical super groups.
2: Well, I don't know. We're like a family, so I don't That's dope. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but yeah, so
2: I that that I, lo- I love that like meshing like the old school like tr- for this last album mm-hmm. the like Candomblé influenced music with hip hop was really like fun to just cr- mm. try we were really trying to create like a new sound and mm-hmm. you know I hope we achieved it but you know we had fun and we love it so
1: mm. I think you did I think you did we're gonna that. be I- we're gonna
2: be touring in Europe uh, late April early May no. Something like that. I don't know. It'll go to our website. It'll be up there. We don't have the exact dates yet. Okay. But it's coming up.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah,
2: so that we're doing that also. Yeah. That's
1: so great. And you? So. Uh, I am touring a lot. I'm leaving for tour very shortly. A couple. Oh, days. Oh yeah, we
2: wanted you to open for yeah. Diggable at Webster
1: Hall, and you dissed us I did totally did not diss you did. I was on the floor when I got that email <laughs> literally I was like oh my god but I wasn't gonna be here I and know and I know I'm I couldn't but I was so you. mad yeah but I was literally how on mad the fl- were you I was very I was on the floor I told you <laughs> I was on the freaking floor mm, should um, be under the floor <laughs> <laughs> i just kidding. I agree I agree but yeah, yeah but how was the tour yeah how? was it was awesome. It was a great tour. We went all around the US and um, it just felt really good to play that music um, kind of for the first time in a lot of these cities and um, see people coming out and like knowing the words and singing along. It was just like super cool and um, yeah. and starting to have a diverse audience for the first time too and feeling like, oh wait, this is happening and like okay. maybe by visualizing it, it's happening or just feeling that that's important it's happening i didn't know why but yeah it was great um, so i'm looking forward to going back out we're going to do another national tour with okay. the us and then we're going to europe too so okay we'll see you there maybe we'll cross yeah. paths
2: yeah <laughs> and so yeah. Th- just touring this year you going to start working on a new and um, i started
1: writing okay um some new stuff i'm still in the research mode of trying to find out what it, what this is that i'm yeah. doing cuz that feels really new to me musically Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. what's coming next and what excites me um feeling a little bit of an exhaustion from like songs a little bit and like feeling just like not listening to songs and listening to just kind of some more abstract like noise stuff has been like really helping like just massage my music brain a little bit okay i been feeling really good so I've been doing that a lot and um but then as a result of that I just started writing a song like that I had you know that I was kind of in a block, and that I think unblocked it. Nice. Um, so okay. yeah, just writing a little bit, um, getting the new live band set up. Always trying to make it better. So yeah. making some changes to the setup. Um, but yeah, a lot of touring this year, and uh, and hopefully finding time to write and record in, in between. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. sounds good yeah <laughs> well,
2: I can't wait to continue watching you grow and your oh gosh, audience you. get more diverse so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you
1: <laughs> I can't wait to see you perform live yeah sometime. Oh yeah
2: yeah well, uh, Yeah. we'll have to work something out yeah. like, we've got a tour together that'd be it would make amazing. sense you know it would <clears throat> yeah
1: that'd be awesome I would love that yeah. it was amazing to meet you oh my get gosh likewise Good to speak with you such an honor same and, uh, same here so inspiring to get to you I, f- know, I feel like a bit. I learned
2: so much about and like I, I really see that we have a lot in common that was mm. like really a cool experience for me me too so glad we did this yeah me too yeah thank you thank you thank <laughs> <laughs> you
0: I'm Elia Einhorn and you've been listening to Xenia Rubinos and Ladybug Mecca on the TalkHouse Music Podcast. Subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes for upcoming talks. Check out past episodes featuring Mecca's Brooksville bandmate Prince Paul in conversation with DJ Premier and also the Flaming Lips Wayne Coyne on the TalkHouse's SoundCloud page or wherever fine podcasts are heard. Today's episode is recorded and mixed by Mark Yoshizumi. Till next time.
2: My praise to you, now begin life for